0: Let me start with Ephesians 3. We're talking about about the greatest spiritual gift that there is. We're start a series on spiritual gifts. We're talking about the greatest spiritual gift that there is, is love. Uh, It doesn't take away from the other gifts. We're going to talk about all those gifts. They're all good. But the greatest, the Bible says, is love. It is the greatest. And it is a gift. Ephesians 3, we start at verse 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love. This is important to God. It's important to God. That you are rooted and grounded in love. Not rooted and grounded in fear. Not rooted and grounded in the world system. Not rooted and grounded in whatever else there might be out there for you. But rooted and grounded in love. Well, whose love? The love of your wife? The love of your husband, the love of your children, the love of life, the love of your job. Whose love do we need to be rooted and grounded in? All right, you guys here today? I'm I'm expecting some feedback here. I'm asking you a real question. Whose love, And even if you know the answer, you think, well, everybody knows that answer, Pastor. Well, good. Everybody knows it, but they don't live it. They don't live like they do. They have this verse memorized. They can quote it, but they've never experienced it. They can have it as a theology, they can have it as a philosophy, but until you know the love of God that surpasses your knowledge, it's not going to change much on the inside of you. We have to believe the love of God, know the love of God, experience the love of God, and it radically changes our lives. The word rooted there means to become stable. How's that for when we feel very unstable in our lives? Our emotions feel unstable, our life feels unstable. What do we need? We need rooted and grounded in His love. To become stable, to be strengthened with roots, to render firm, to fix, to establish, to cause a person or a thing to be thoroughly grounded. This is not the thoroughly groundedness of the Word of God when people are have their doctrine all lined up in in, in a good way, which is also a good thing. This is you're so grounded in the love of Christ that no one can tell you no circumstance, no situation, no demon, no devil, no person, no family member can tell you anything different to make you convinced differently that God loves you. Amen. You can walk through the valley of the shadow of death and not have to fear evil because, you know, God's with me. He's with me. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you ever. We don't always feel his presence there. We don't always feel it. But he's still there. Amen. Amen. And uh, the word grounded there means To lay a foundation To settle To make stable And to establish You know when you build a foundation After a while the ground shifts And it comes to settle And and after that it usually If the ground is good It usually doesn't move much after that And God wants us to be unmovable That our house is built on that rock That's unmovable And not moved by every shifting thing That comes along and comes our way This is not my notes I'm going to go here anyway But Um I think this is God, but uh, you know, during COVID, we were all tested in different ways during that season. We were tested. And all of us passed some tests, and I'd say all of us probably failed some tests, just being honest. I think some of us passed the faith test, where you didn't freak out and panic over this, you know, epidemic thing, whatever the media was trying to make us believe. When honestly, you look back now, was it bad? Yes. But it wasn't near as bad as they made it sound and it shut down the whole world. Some people passed the faith test. Some people failed the love test. Because they had faith to believe that they are protected during this situation because the Bible says we can drink deadly poison, it won't hurt us at all. Nothing will by any means hurt us. We can lay our hands the sick, they'll recover. They had faith for that. But those that didn't have faith for that, they didn't have any love or patience or kindness towards them. Didn't have any gentleness or anything in them. It was just judgment, and so we had the people that were on the faith side judging those who were on the whatever side and their love side or whatever. And and um, and I'm not just talking about in this church, but it did happen in this church. It happened here, and you know, and there's things that happened here that honestly I don't know that have been quite mended yet in some ways. I don't know that the unity and the love of the Spirit is here quite to the degree as it was before this happened. And I don't say this to shame anybody or whatever, I'm not calling out names or whatever, and I don't know every situation, I don't know every conversation you had with somebody in the church or didn't have, but I do know we were tested. And I passed some tests, I failed some tests. I passed some love tests, I failed some love tests. Because I wasn't sometimes patient and kind. My, My version of reality that I live in, I live in my version of reality, we all do, was like, I don't care about this thing. Because, but I've lived a different way than some have, where I go to Uganda, I go to places where there's, you could die, we could know we're dying or not, especially the first time, and I not wasn't afraid. And it just, it's not because I'm better or anything, it's just something that God's done in my heart. There's other situations I go through that does cause me to be afraid. And I have to go to God with it, I have to pray about it. But we we all went through different tests. We all all go through tests in life. And um, the greatest test that you're gonna go through is love. Can you still love when somebody is hateful, mean, nasty, whatever to you, disagrees with you? You know, and this is a pretty big deal in the kingdom. I don't know if you know it or not, but love's kind of a big theme in the Bible it doesn't say they'll know we're Christians by our spiritual gifts and get, and I'm all for spiritual gifts you know this we're doing a series on it right now but it's it says they'll know we're Christians by our love and it's tough to, to know sometimes how to walk in things walk things out in love because some things are not all black and white some things are tricky some things are challenging that, that COVID mess came out of left field. None of us were expecting that. No one knew what was happening. The lockdowns, all that stuff. It was, it was hard. No matter who you were, it was hard. It was challenging. But there's other stuff in the world today that's still here, that's still hard, that's still challenging. And we can sit back and on, oh man, help me God, on, I don't know, a soapbox. I'll put it that way because everybody's got their own thing. And it can become more important than loving people. No matter, you name the topic, whatever's going on. And there's, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not like an ostrich with my head in the sand. I am aware of what's going on. There's bad stuff on, in America. There was bad stuff in America before America was even a country. You know, the Indians were killing each other back then too, I'm sure. Whoever else was here. You know, it's people, right? But if we can tap into the love of God and the plan that God has for our lives and for our country, these things, whatever, they, whatever comes next... We don't have to cause such fear and dread and hate. Because when you get in self-protection mode, um, it's like the mama bear protecting her kids. You, you, you can get nasty. You know, we get in self-defense mode. How dare you touch this? How dare you? This is my special thing. This is my sacred cow. This is my, you can't, don't go there. And I'm telling you, the season we're going into, uh, it's different and the only thing that's going to remain when it's all said and done the only thing that will remain is love when we're in heaven is faith, hope, and love but the greatest of these and what remains is love it's how we treat each other it's how we respect each other no one in this room is identical identical twins are not identical our emotions are all different we all process things different ways but we're all trying to grow in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, amen so let me go on back to my notes here um But I need to say that because there's people in this room that you may need to ask someone to forgive you for how you handled something, or you need to, or whatever. You might need to, and or they might not be in this room. You might be someone else that's not here that you need to ask to forgive you for being unkind or impatient with them during us that during that season or some other thing in your life. Because you know what Jesus would do that. He was never unkind. He never probably needed to apologize to anybody except for his mom and dad that one day when he was 12. But, uh, but he would do it if he needed to, wouldn't he? He wouldn't let pride stay in the way. He wouldn't let, like, well, I was right stay in the way. He, the relationship with each other is more important than being right. Amen. Because you can be 100% right and 100% wrong at the same time. I've told you this before. I, God spoke that to me about how I was treating Holly when we first married. You're right about your argument. You're right about your facts. But your attitude stinks. You're 100% wrong. I but God, I'm right. No. But I, but I wasn't. <laughs> anyway, you guys couldn't possibly imagine that, can you? Let's go on to uh, Ephesians 18. May be able to comprehend, let's lay a hold of, or make our own. Obtain it. Make it ours. maybe be able to hold on to comprehend with all the saints the width, the length, and the depth, and the height. How can we possibly do that? There's no possible way we can do that other than the Holy Spirit and the power of God. There's no possible way. How could you ever comprehend the love of God? How could you ever comprehend the height, the depth, the width? width? He's like, I, uh, it's impossible to describe him. <laughs> There's no words. 19. And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. The word know there is not know like you know how to build something or know how to write something or know how to shoot guns or something like that. a hobby you like to do. That know there is the way Adam knew his wife to experientially know the love of God. And that is what you guys were experiencing in the room during worship you're experientially, you're experientially knowing, experiencing the love of God for you. Because you can hear it all day, but until you experience it, you're going to have trouble believing it. So, um, the, there's two words for know there in verse 19. One is intellectual knowledge, which is talking about uh, at the end, which surpasses your intellectual knowledge, stuff you've studied and learned and grown in. But then the first part, know, is to intimately know, or to know like a husband knows his wife. So, God wants to intimately know you, and he wants you to intimately know his love for you. Again, this can't be a theory. It can't be a philosophy. You have to know it, experience it. So, uh, and what happens once we know, experience the love of God? What happens then? What's it say? Will be what? What? I'm hearing some mumblings, but I don't know. What happens after you experientially know the love of Christ? What does it say? Don't put it back up. They'll cheat now. They'll know it. What happens? You'll be filled with what? The fullness of God. Try to comprehend that one. As you know the love of God, as you experientially know the love of God, you yourself individually and corporately, we can be filled with the fullness of God. I don't know how to comprehend that. He had the word comprehend in there, take hold of it, whatever. Now, of course, all of God can't fit on the inside of me. All of God can't fit in the universe. I mean, he, there's, he just, he's everywhere. He's God. But there's something about the fullness of his nature, the fullness of his love, the fullness of his personality, the fullness of his kindness. He's going to pour out the fullness of himself into us as we experientially know the love of God. Now, I don't, can't tell you I totally know what that looks like, sounds like, but I think it's good. Uh, yes. I think it'd be good for you. I think it's better than uh, medication. I'm sure it's better than, uh, you know, this self-help plans, whatever. When you walk around knowing that, you, that God loves you, people around you don't necessarily know what's up with you, but you're different. They know you're different. They might think you're a little odd. They might think you've got some kind of mental condition. They might, whatever. But when you, when you really know, you don't care what someone else thinks. God loves me. Like, He really loves me. No matter what I go through, He still loves me. And uh, people that know it are different. There was a lady at the conference, uh, Catherine, I uh, can't think of how you say her last name. Whatever that, yeah, she's from Australia. La la la, la la la. She's from Australia. Amazing lady. Some of you guys may have seen her before online and stuff. Amazing miracle ministry, healing ministry. Amazing testimonies of, you know, children with autism and different severe things that never spoken before, never walked before. A lot, and they're getting healed and just a lot of wild stories she has. But you know those things. Didn't totally impress me. I mean, I even know that, praise God for that. What really stands out to her with me is the love of God. That lady's not normal. She's like Heidi Baker or Lef Hetland kind of a person where they just, you just see them and you want to be around them. Because they're just dripping with the love of God, they just have so much joy, and they have so they're so kind, and they're so fun, and they're they're laughing. Not that they don't ever have problems or challenges, but they just really, really have come to know the love of God inside them, and it changes things around them. It changes our frowns to smiles. Do you think God could do that for you? I'm praying He does it right now. <laughs> just playing, <laughs> but but we, we you know. We can get so caught up in our thoughts that we don't, we're not even smiling at people. We're just like, and they think, oh, why is that guy mad at me? So um, I believe today God wants us to experientially know his love. Not experientially know a bunch of facts and figures. Not experientially know a bunch of intellectual, stimulating information. Like, whoa, I've never heard that before. That's so a great fact, a great thing, Pastor Ryan. That's so great. And I do like bringing stuff like that to you when I can. But we got to know the love of God. That surpasses our church attendance. That surpasses tithing. That surpasses whatever other good things we do. How are you going to love somebody else? That How do you love somebody who punches you in the face? How do you love somebody who calls your child a name? How do you love somebody when they're cruel and vicious to you, vindictive, treat you poorly. What do you do? You walk in the flesh. Right? Because that's what we practice doing. We respond evil for evil. We don't usually respond the way Jesus does. Now, we can because the Bible says we can. But you're going to have to know the love of Christ for you before you're going to be able to give it away. If you don't believe that God loves you, how are you going to believe that He loves the prostitute? That He loves the, the sinner over here, that their sin stinks worse than yours. So uh, they're, they're in a special category all by themselves. And, and Jesus goes to visit those people, Jesus hangs out in the bar with those people. And we've taken religion out of the story here. The real Jesus, He went to bars and clubs. And he found prostitutes. He found people that were alcoholics. He found people that were broken. He found Zacchaeus. He found these Matthew, Mark, Luke. He found these people. He didn't come to help those who are the, the sick. Don't need a doctor. It's the I mean healthy don't need a doctor. It's the sick need a doctor. He was seeking to save that which was lost. He leaving the ninety nine to go get the one. He's on these missions. The woman at the well. Life was broken, Had been mistreated forever. You know, back then the women could not divorce their husbands. Every time, so she's doing the whole married five times. Live with another guy you live with is not your husband. I mean, she was kicked out of the house five times by her husband. Not she chose to leave. Five times abandoned. Five times rejected. Probably before that, probably started with her parents or something else. Who knows her whole story? And Jesus, like, I'm going after that one. I'm going to that one. You guys go and get some food. I got. I got something here. I'm going to do. I'm telling you, we can get so put off by what we see with our eyes, we're missing the beauty of the person standing right in front of us. The beauty of the person. The the treasure inside of them. This earthen vessels, The very thing Jesus died for on the very inside of them because they're so caught up in religious stuff of, what, well, what clothes are they wearing? Or, or if they have tattoos or not. And if their ears are pierced one time, two times, or four times. Or some other stupid stuff, like just... I, I have tr- I'm telling you you guys know me pretty good if you've been here a while I really have trouble sometimes loving the religious and I know it's hypocritical I know it is I, but I still struggle just confessing I'm confessing my sins one to another that I may be healed um, and I was one and so I don't know why I don't have more grace for people that I was just like outside of the grace of God but there's, there's stuffs a little different than mine I didn't stop a service because Randy didn't shave his mustache I mean I didn't do that but what's the difference law is law legalism is legalism religion is religion it doesn't bring freedom in life it kills it's just a whole religious structure to make you fall in line and do what you're supposed to do and obey the pastor or obey the rules and then you'll be good enough to one day hopefully get to heaven that's the goal of get to heaven it doesn't work it doesn't work God wants to get heaven in you, not you get to heaven. He wants to get the Father in you, not you know. He's not have to wait till we die, till something good happens in our lives. That's such a, a deadly disease of a doctrine. That is not why He came, Amen. So um, today, as I'm sharing this, uh, I'm praying the love of God comes on you right now not because anyone in here has earned it no one has earned God's love for us you can't do it so we just want to hang that one up and retire that one but you can receive it by faith because he's good and he loves you and his love will transform your life his love will visit you in the bar he'll visit you in the pit he'll visit you as a prostitute he'll visit you at the well he'll, he does, whatever you get yourself into and I'm not encouraging you to go those places but if you've been those places he'll go right there with you He said, you can go to the depths, he's there. He's never going to leave. But he's going to try to coach you, say, okay, listen, there's not much life here. There's really not much here for you. But if you need to figure it out yourself, okay, but I'm not leaving. I'm not going to leave you. You can drink that beer. You can smoke that. But there's no life there. But I'm going to stay with you anyway. I'm staying with you. I'm not leaving. You can cuss at me. You can swear at me. You can call me names. I'm not leaving. And I'm telling you, the covenant of God is so much more powerful than the laws of religion. Yeah. Yeah. He is love. He loves, uh, I have to care if I word this in a Presbyterian church, he loves the homosexuals. I am not saying that he loves that lifestyle, but he doesn't love the lifestyle we have sex before we're married. He doesn't love the lifestyle of people living together before they're married. He doesn't love the lifestyle of having sex when you're in high school or whatever and sleeping around. He doesn't love... There's lots of things. He doesn't, he doesn't love us gossiping. He doesn't love slander. He doesn't love hate. He doesn't love... I mean, God is love. He doesn't love these things that are anti-love, that are not love. And so sometimes in our self-protection of our own stuff, we become judgmental, critical of someone else's stuff because, well, that's that's an abomination. You've heard that homosexuality is abomination. It does say that in the Old Testament. But there's about five other sins in there that... God also called an abomination that is way more socially acceptable in the church. Go back and read it. It isn't the only thing that says that. Sin stinks, no matter who's whoever's doing it. Sin stinks. <laughs> it's not good for anybody. But I'm praying that you can kind of love of Jesus today. You know, uh, I, have, I haven't I had a lot of experience with loving people that are confused with gender stuff and uh, homosexual people that are... Living that, I don't have a lot. I have a little, but not a lot. I have had people tell me stuff, and I pray with them, tell them who they are in Christ, try to love on them. And um, I, it's challenging. But if you just release the love of God through you and pray for them, I think you're going to do a lot more than just judging them and criticizing them and fault finding them. Because the same, there's different demons that mess with your life, there's different demons messing with their life. It's still demons. Yes. And there's demons we have in the church and that are, are welcomed every Sunday and a lot of churches across America celebrated. And then we have other ones that, well, you can't come here because that's, that's not our group of demons. We don't like that group. And uh, Jesus came to set people free. No matter what demon they're bound to, whatever sin addiction they're stuck with or they're bound to at the time, Jesus came to set captives free. It's, Whether well, it's captive in... I had someone confess to me they were struggling with uh, nicotine addiction this morning, which I thought was great. Guess what? Jesus came to set them free. If they want to be free from that. For some, they don't, and that's okay. Andrew Womack says for smoking, you can still go to heaven if you smoke. You might get there quicker, but you know, you'll know still go to heaven. I mean, it's just saying. But uh, we, we focus so much on the behavior management, so we can all look the same. We can all look churchy. We can all look like we are all belong, you know, to this social club of church. And it's, it's hogwash. We're not all the same. We haven't been through all the same things. We have None of us are going to act and do and respond the same way to different things. We're all different. But God loves you right now. Whether you're addicted to pornography, whether you're addicted to alcohol, whether you're addicted to meth or drugs, whether you're addicted to Whatever, whether you hate people, whether you curse and swear, whether you do whatever, he loves you. And guess what? His love, his love will change you. His love will change you. And I don't even know, I, don't even, I can't even say for sure it's his goal to change you so much as just being with him just changes you. Like real love changes people. You think of, I mean, I said this before, but you think about your school teachers, the ones that you liked not the ones that kicked you out of class a lot or whatever or didn't like you. I kicked out of class a lot, I'm just going to tell you. But I wasn't the best or easiest student to have in class, <laughs> especially in 10th grade. But anyway, um, but, uh, but I do remember some of those teachers that were kind to me. Even in that year, it was the hardest year of my life up to that point where I was going through really hard challenges. We were moving to different places, different things, and hard. And the, the teacher who could look past my pain could look past my behavior, look past my facial growling or whatever I was doing at the time, and look into my heart and see there's a young guy who's hurting. I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to show him special attention. Instead of treating me the way I deserve to be treated, which probably kicked out almost every day in some of those classes, this lady made me like her teacher's pet, and I actually get called that by the end of the year, this one math teacher, and um, I'll never forget her. You know what we need in our lives? We need somebody, just somebody who will believe in us. Just somebody who will believe in us. Even when we're down, even when, we're, even when we screw up, we mess up. You know who that person is? It's Jesus. He believes in you, no matter what you've gone through, no matter what you've done, and no matter what's happening in your life right now. He believes you in you. He's like, hey, I'm not leaving. So we might as well get close to him. He's not going anywhere. We might as well like, uh, spend time with him. I know people, I've read of people, I should say, that spent time with the Lord while they were smoking a joint. Now I know that's not what you hear in church, and I'm not promoting drugs, okay? But that's where they were. And he's not afraid to get his hands and feet dirty. And he's right there, like they're smoking, like, Jesus, you really love me. Yep. Hmm. And then they keep smoking. They were probably having hallucinations and who knows what's going on. And you've read them, you've heard the stories of people getting saved in the bar. Jillian's friend, gets an atheist, gets saved watching a Billy Graham video on on YouTube. I mean, God is everywhere. And He can move in people's lives. But as the love of God comes on you, you may experience tears. Throughout church history, tears has been the number one way, number one encounter that people have had. Uh, Randy Clark said this on the weekend. The number one encounter throughout church history is tears. People come to the altar and crying. People experience his love and just crying. When you really experience the love of God, it's hard not to cry sometimes. Because we know who we are. We know our stink, we know our mess, we know our attitudes, we know our we know our stuff, we know our bad choices and attitudes sometimes, our selfishness, we know it. And we feel the love of God anyway. Man, sometimes it just causes you to be undone. Like, am I right? If you haven't felt that yet, you need to. Because it's an amazing feeling. When somebody loves you when you don't deserve it. When somebody loves you when you're being an absolute jerk, mean, nasty, and they're like, I'm gonna love you anyway. Another way, you may feel the heavy weight of God's presence come on you as I'm sharing this. This happened to me uh, Friday. Just my chest just started feeling really heavy. Like, ooh, am I just thinking this? Or is this really happening? And I'm sitting down at the time in my chair, like, oh, no, this is, I'm pretty sure this is real. And then another one is fire. And I started feeling fire in my belly at the same time. Yes, again, some might tremble. Some might have a combination of these things as God's love comes on you. But I'm telling you, God wants to. Why not here? Why not now? Jesus. Why wait? Why wait? Do We don't need to wait till we die and go to heaven to find out that God actually loves us. Right. I mean... That'll still be good. You'll be happy there. You'll be safe there. But right now, you have the power on the inside of you to release the love of God to people that don't know it. And we're holding it captive because of fear, self-protection, judgments, criticalness, fault-finding, religious laws, regulations, we can't do this, can't do that, we can't love these people because they don't deserve it, or whatever. Whatever the situation is, you have that power on the inside to release the love of God. But you've got to receive it. Pray receive it right now. right now right now. Yes Lord. 1 Corinthians 12, 31 says, But earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I will show you a more excellent way. I'll show you a more excellent way. It made me think of Bill and Ted, actually. The most excellent dude. <laughs> a righteous dude. But earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I will show you the more, most excellent way. Now we're going to first Corinthians 13, 1. Though I speak, this is the most excellent way right here. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but I have not love. I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And I'm not sure who invented the cymbals as an instrument. I don't know what they were thinking. But that is not an instrument, okay? Like monkeys can do that, smash, 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 little monkey things. You ever have someone in middle school go up to you and you're, you're in band or something, and walk up beside behind you and go like, I'm like, oh my gosh, what is wrong with you? You know, like, and that's how we sound. Like we, we say, oh, I pray in tongues, and your life has no love in it. It's full of you're condescending, you're talking down to people. Like you're spiritually more mature, you're spiritually higher than them, and it's bam, bam, bam. I don't care. You praying tongues, you love like crap. You suck at love. You stick at it. <laughs> Are you okay? I try not to say that sometimes, but I'm just, I'm just being me. I grew up in the church, and I just saw so much stuff. And I want this to be real, man. You want to have real revival? We're going to have to have real love. Real love, not worldly love. I do pray in tongues. I pray in tongues every day. But if I don't have love, I have nothing. 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 Um, verse 2. And though I have the gift of prophecy, and can understand all mysteries and all knowledge... And though I have faith, so that it can remove mountains, but have not love, this time it says, I am nothing. Not just that I have nothing, I am nothing. So I can have this gift of faith and working of miracles, working in my life. I can get words of knowledge and, and prophecy and, you know, words of wisdom, things like that. And I can have faith that moves a mountain, commands to go from here to there, spirit tops or whatever What you want to say. And if I don't have love, it counts for nothing nothing you can raise someone from the dead and jesus said he said listen many will say to me on the last day hey i did miracles in your name i cast out demons i healed the sick i i prayed in tongues i did all these things he's like i don't even know you god is love god is love i'm not supposed to be boasting about my spiritual gifts that's not love Everybody, everybody who's in Christ has spiritual gifts. Some of us just don't know what they are yet. But that doesn't make, because I have prayed for the sick and they've gotten healed or whatever, and, and many of you have as well, that doesn't mean I have this, this big, what would you do again? Like, it's like, so what? We're supposed to do that. We're, supposed, we're all supposed to do that. It doesn't make me special. It makes me a son. It makes me in Christ, but just like you guys. Amen? I've only got the mic because I'm called to be a pastor. Not because I'm better than anybody in here. I'm walking through this just like you guys. It's just a calling. You're called to do stuff too. Amen? we got to find what that is. But uh, I'm nothing. And you know, I've done that before. I've, I've prayed for the sick. And I've seen them healed. I'm going to confess. Am I really going to say that today? Oh, God. Okay, I'll tell you this. Because I'm not proud of this story. But it's something in my heart. So... I, you know, years ago I prayed for Dr. Crane, and she was healed of cancer. And, uh, I mean, she was, she went to Texas, and they had the best machines that they were in the country at the time, and checked her down to a cellular level, and there wasn't one cell in her body uh, that had cancer in her body. And before that, she was given months to live. Like, she didn't think she'd even make it to her son's graduation, and she actually spoke at her son's graduation, and I was there, and I wanted to boo her from the stage, just telling the truth. Because she said something that was not... <laughs> because I already knew she was healed before she found out the results that she was healed. And I knew, I knew that I knew that I knew. I called Debbie and told her that I knew she was healed. But she didn't know it yet. So in my heart, she said, I'm sick with cancer. I'm fortunate to be here today. Um, I hopefully one day get to see my kids get married, but I don't know if I ever will. And my heart was like, boo, boo, you're already healed. You don't even know it. And she was. And she later got the test back. And I knew it. So this happened, right? When, when you walk in... Power gifts. They're all a part of they call People call them power gifts. You can be easily tempted to think that you're powerful. Or you have power. Or you, have, you are something. Because God chose you because you're something special. He chose us because we're his kids. He loves us. But my mind was getting, you know, whatever. So anyway, these bills started piling up with us. Uh, and the devil, I'm sure, helped me have these different thoughts of... uh Think I had the thoughts of charging people money. I never did it. But I had the thoughts of charging people money for me to pray for them to be healed. Because they go to the doctor and they give them all this money, they don't get better, so why don't they pay me some money and I can help them get better? And I mean, logically, that I know it sounds horrible. <laughs> I'm confessing my sins right here, okay guys? But those thoughts were going through my head and they weren't from God. And there's something, each of the gifts you're going to have to walk through. What is that? It's... I don't know, it's garbage, but it's pride, it's foolishness, it's ignorance, it's a lot of different stuff. And thankfully I never did that, but my healing anointing stopped working for a while after that. It's not for sale. The gifts of God aren't for sale. You can't buy them, you can't earn them, but they work best when we love the people we're ministering to. Not thinking of how this is gonna affect me, or how I'm gonna look to the people next Sunday, or, oh, Ryan, pray for you. Oh, I'm, I'm awesome. God help us. I don't think Jesus ever did that with one person that he healed. Even Lazarus. Like, don't be surprised at this. I am the resurrection and the life. Okay, I'll try to go on. Um, listen to verse 3. And, I'll, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, if have not love, it profits me nothing. So you can sell everything you own, give it to Uganda, give it to some poor people around here, whatever, and you don't have love, you're doing it because of how it will make you look in the community or church? Nothing. You know, I've seen people do that in this church, and it, man, I'm being honest the last few weeks, that have given gifts in the plate, and they did it, to be, they walk up here last and the person doesn't go here anymore just so you know okay you just relax they walk up last put their offering in the plate so everybody can see that they're putting something in the offering plate and I can see it and it makes me nauseated sometimes I'm just being honest I love you guys <laughs> um, or they hand me the check and say can you put this in the offering plate and like I don't do the money that's over there just put it in there yourself they want me to know so I'll think better about them in my eyes or something I don't know why they're doing it It's garbage. What is that? It's like brownie badges for church attendance or whatever. It's not the life of Christ. Amen? We are supposed to give. Amen? The Bible's clear on giving. But we don't let our left hand know what our right hand is doing. We're giving to the Lord. We're bringing our offerings to the Lord to praise Him, to worship Him, to give Him honor. Not to look good in front of men. The Bible says when we do that, we've received our reward in full. So I'm going to get to a few more challenging verses here. Um, very challenging, I think, but, um, even prophecy, you know, uh, if it's not done the right way, can be, can make us arrogant. God's supposed to speak to us. Amen. All right. sheep here recognize his voice. When we prophesy, it doesn't make you special. You already are special. You already are special. That's what we need to get. We are special because we're special, and we can flow in these things. Amen. He says they'll fall on their faces and cry out that God is really among you, as you call it the secrets of their heart, not the secret sins of their life, the secret callings of their heart, their destiny, their what God says about them. All right. But listen to this challenging verse on love. And before I say that, Patricia King said at the conference, very ouchy, challenging statement says you only love God as much as the person you love the least (laughs) oh man oh man now who are you thinking of (laughs) let me read again you only love God as much as the person you love the least now does that challenge you I hope it does it challenges me I had to start okay who do I love the least who who is that person I gotta and why do I love them the least and uh, okay, here's what it says in First John. If someone says, "I love God and hates his brother," he is a liar. You're a liar. <laughs> um, funny story with that I'll tell you later. Anyway, if someone says, "I love God and hates his brother," he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, how can he love God, whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must also love his brother. Where did this become optional in the church? Amen? Are you here? You've all been to churches. I mean, and our church has never been perfect. It still isn't perfect. We're people, but we're working. We're going after this. Amen? This church as times has not acted and loved and walked in love, probably from leadership all the way down to whoever, you mean, whatever. But this should still be our goal, amen? Yes. We're never called to hate. Verse four, or excuse me, verse seven. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Hmm. Let the word of God just penetrate your heart right now. I'm not talking about guilt, condemnation, shame, but challenge and conviction, but also hope like, oh man, I can do this. I can do this. How? Receiving the love of God, then you be filled with the fullness of God. Receiving the love of God so you be filled with the fullness of God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Anybody here challenged right now? let's just forget about thinking about somebody else right now let's just even think about think about yourself if you don't know if you don't love yourself you don't know God now experientially no. not intellectually you don't really know the real God if you cannot love yourself do you feel that? Ooh, that feels like a, a friendly whooping from God in a way but in a, in a correct like, you know when he's, he, he corrects you and teaches you it always empowers you it's your pride that's telling you that you don't and the devil that's telling you you don't deserve to be loved when God is love he is that's who he is I'll read this again we'll be challenged together he who does not love does not know God for God is love we are not called to compare how we were treated at church. We're not called to be, compare how the most Christian person that you know, if they treated you well in church or in a relationship or not. To judge if that was love or judge that as the measure of love. Where Jesus is the standard. He's the standard, amen? So, I mean, there's probably no one in here who hasn't had a negative experience at church by somebody. Okay, Myself, all of us have. They're in process. They're in process. They they had stuff in their life. They had problems in their life. Maybe they're having a bad day or whatever. But it doesn't change how much God loves you and how much God loves them. Verse 9. In this the love of God was manifested towards us that God has sent his only begotten son into this world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, (laughs) but that he loved us and sent his son to be the the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And I'm telling you, this is where the problem lies, is that you don't love yourself. This might not apply to everybody but it applies to many in the room. You don't love and appreciate the way God made and wired you. You've got this shame thing still battling of there's something wrong with me. I'm defective. If I was only like this, then I'd be worthy of God's love or then God could use me if I was only like this or I was only like that and they're lies from the devil. I'm telling you, if you can receive the love of God for you, you'll love people way easier than your self-efforts you're trying right now. I had a friend, a guy at Crossrace to say this to people in a funny way, but he probably meant it too. He said, Jesus loves you and I'm trying. <laughs> right? And we all can relate to that, right? We all have family. We all have friends. We have people we work with. They just some rub you the wrong way. They just, like, grate on your last nerve. It's just like, oh. And uh, there is a love out there. There's a love in here that we can tap into that we can love even the most annoying person that you know, the most hateful person that you know, the most whatever fill in the blank person you know, your mother, your father, your uncle or cousin, whoever the person is, there's a love of God that's shed abroad in the inside of you that's not humanly, it's not worldly, it's supernatural that touches and changes lives. It's the greatest of all spiritual gifts is the gift of love. And when we walk in love, all those other gifts will flow out of us naturally. Without effort, without like a pat on the backs of approval. This is a household of love and faith and, and, and spiritual gifts. But the greatest of all spiritual gifts is love. Amen. Love each other. Be tender-hearted towards one another. Merciful, compassionate, kind, gentle. Be, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Slow to judgment. Slow to thinking. we know why they, I'll tell you why they did this. I'll tell you why they said this. I'll tell you, I'll tell you to shut up. That might be to me, just so you know. I, we don't know. The Bible says no man knows the thoughts of a man, it's the spirit of God in a man. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know what their parent did to them, their mother, their father, whoever. You don't know their struggles. You don't know. What, but what you do know is you're called to love them. Love them right now. Don't wait till they're different, then they're worthy of your love. Don't hold your love hostage. Like When you're good enough, when, you're, when you meet up to my level of standards, or what's okay, then I will show you love. That's not the love of Jesus. That's man love. That's human love. But there is a supernatural love you can receive. And it's for you. Just imagine what our church would look like. Imagine what our county would look like. Just just to everyone in this room today just supernaturally received the love of Jesus in our hearts. And you couldn't hate anybody anymore. You couldn't do it. You tried to. Man, I hate that guy in my life. Why can't I do it anymore? I want to. I want, I want to, but I can't. Why can't I? I, want, I used to always want to punch that guy in the face because that's what he needs. You know, everybody, they just need that one punch in the face. And that one punch will finally knock the sense in someone's head that will fix them the. then you can love them, right? No, that's the devil. God's not wanting to punch you in the face. He's not wanting to punch your mom and dad or aunt, uncle, cousin in the face, your children. He wants to show love to them real love, not worldly love. Let me tell you about this real love of Jesus. Love suffers long or is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. its not it isn't jealous well he's got more gifts than i have or he's got a platform i don't have love isn't jealous god's not jealous we don't need to be jealous jealousy is jealousy is way worse um, in the church than people acknowledge it it is a sin it is wrong but if it's in you we have to take it to god and find out why do i believe this lie that this guy is more important to me because they play the piano or the guitar or they preach or whatever. Why do, well, there's, a, there's a lie, a heart wound in there that needs to be healed, not, and in jellies will wrap itself up in that. Mm-hmm. Love does not parade itself, or it's not boastful. It's not puffed up or arrogant, it does not behave rudely. Love does not seek its own. I mean, it's not selfish. It's not easily provoked. Love thinks no evil. There's a challenging one. They're all challenging, really, but this is not God's love. Love uh, does not rejoice in iniquity or sin. We don't rejoice in sin, it's not good. Love rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes in all things. Love endures in all things. And love never fails. Verse 13, I'll drop down that. And now abide faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. And then last verse, First Corinthians 14, 1. I always read this differently until recently. It says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. And I was like, read Pursue Love, Pursue Love, and Desire Spiritual Gifts, especially my we prophesy. I'd skip over the Pursue Love because I'd read it so quickly, I was so focused on the Spiritual Gifts prophecy. But you can't have one really, really working right without the other. Pursue Love. Pursue it. Chase after it. Go after it. Have it in your heart. And I'm telling you, you have the love of God in your heart, and you pray for somebody to be healed. The healing is going to flow so much easier and quicker than when you're trying to muster something up like, i got to say the magical words here or nothing's going to happen. You release the love of God through your hand. You're going to see things happen. Prophecy. You don't know what to say. You you get the love of God for that person. God, show me how much you love them. And you put your hand on their shoulder and all of a sudden... All these images, or pictures, or words, and stuff starts flowing to your heart, and you release that person. Next thing you know, they're sobbing and crying, like, how did you know that? I don't know how I knew that. I just know that I love God, and He loves you, and He started telling me stuff, I guess. And I did that with many of you this morning, and probably Holly as well, and whoever else was praying. It was just, God, I don't know what to say. Some of you are going through some really tough stuff, and like, I don't have a magic formula to wave or say, So I just try to do what I'm telling you now. Holy Spirit, what do you want to say? And try to release the love of God and pray. Guys, whether we know it or not, God's taken us all to another level. The crowd, the influx that's coming. Every time I get a prophetic word, it keeps having the word influx, influx, influx. The young and the old, young prophets, young wounded, young influx of people wanting to come here. This place is by far not big enough for what God is doing, right. what going to be doing. It's not. I don't. We'll have to come up with another plan as the time comes. But I'm telling you, I need help. And I don't have all the answers. I don't have it all figured out. I need help. And God wants you to be that help. We're a team. It's not like, we're a team. We're on the same team. We're all for the sake of the king. We're trying to win these prize possessions, which are people for the king of kings, for the Lord of lords, not for church attendance, not for church numbers, not for boasting and bragging the biggest church in town. Ugh. Jesus wouldn't do that. We're about loving people. I don't care if they're Baptist. I don't care if they're Presbyterian. I don't care if they're Methodist. I don't care if they're Atheist. I don't care if they're New Age. I don't care if God wants us to love the people and disciple them. Amen? So uh, I'd like you to stand. I want to pray for you guys. It's one thing to know what we're supposed to do. It's another thing to be empowered to do it. The offering, yeah. Remind me again in a minute. It's one thing to know what we're supposed to do. It's another thing to be empowered to do it. There's all kinds of laws in the Bible to tell us things we shouldn't do. They had that in the Old Testament. But they weren't empowered to stop doing them until the grace of Jesus came. And the same grace of Jesus that helped you stop sinning in this certain area can help you stop sinning in another area. The same grace of Jesus that helped you over here can help you in the love of God, can help you in honoring your father and mother, can help you with whatever the situation can help you with whatever you're going through, the grace of Jesus. And there's a special grace that can be released even right now for you to love people if you really want it. If you really want it. Or do you feel like that person still needs punishment? You feel like they still need judgment. so You don't want the love of God because you, want to, you still want to be a jerk to that guy because they deserve it. I thank God for people that treated me better than I deserved. My wife especially. Um, but you have the opportunity to do that to somebody else. So if we can lay down our offenses lay down our pride, what's right and wrong and who is right and wrong in this situation, whatever. It's not a matter of if someone did you wrong. That's probably how many times they did you wrong. But can you still walk in love? And the answer is yes, you can. You can. You just got to know what's on the inside of you. So Father God, right now I pray for a release not of intellectualism but that they would know The love of God that surpasses offense, that surpasses knowledge, that surpasses our heart wounds, that surpasses our fears. We know the supernatural love of the Messiah Jesus who for the joy set before him endured suffering of the cross because he loved us. I release the love of God right now in Jesus' name to everyone in here. Everyone watching online, I release the love of God to you. You must receive the love of God to give it away for yourself. God loves you. God loves you. I pray for strongholds and lies to come down that tell you that you're unlovely, that you're unlovable, that you're worse, that you're these shameful lies. I break your power in Jesus' name, that they know the love of God. They know the love of God right now, Lord. I pray. I ask you, God, right now, that we know the love of God past intellectualism and religious tradition and philosophy. Jesus. Encounter your children right now. Because they they can't give it away unless they receive it. So I release, release, God, release. Come, Holy Spirit. Touch each one, the children. Yeah, touch the children. Upstairs and in here. if you start feeling like a heavy weight of his presence on you or tears trembling or some other I can't remember the fourth one right now but whatever you feel like God's presence coming on you heat I guess was the other one or fire just put up your hand and let me know I just, I'm going to pray for you from here and just bless what God's doing in your life I bless you in Jesus name bless you Mark in Jesus name Brian Susan, yes, Drew, Matt, Martha, I think there might be, Marshall, yeah, bless what God's doing. Bless you, Lord. The love of God has been shed abroad or poured out into your spirit by the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. Romans 5, 5. The love of God, the 1 Corinthians 13 love we read about, that kind of love is on the inside of us. And God, I pray you help us to yield. Yield to the love of God, not to our flesh. Our flesh cries for justice and vengeance, but you, you speak a better word, Jesus. You speak a better word, a better word over your people, over us. You speak a better word that we're forgiven, saved by grace through faith. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you, my friend, God, to touch my friends and my family, that we, myself included, we would never be the same again. Fill us with compassion, kindness. Let your gentleness be in our eyes, God. Let your tears be in our hearts. Let your generosity be in us. Jesus. Some of you don't know what your spiritual gifts are. And that's okay. But just know this, you have the greatest one. You have the greatest one. Because the greatest spiritual gift is love. The greatest. The one that opens the door to all the other giftings. Is love. God, I bless what you're doing right now. I pray you destroy the works of the enemy in our hearts that causes us not to believe your truth. When it's impossible for you to lie yet, we still struggle sometimes to believe that you really do love us. Jesus. I release the love of God. More, Lord, I pray you double it. Yes. Double your presence. Triple, God, quadruple your presence. More, Lord, Mm. we can't intellectually know. It has to make that 18-inch journey from your head to your heart. More, Lord Jesus, more. Mm. Jesus. It's almost like I can feel the Lord. They did this at this conference. Martin Smith did they had this massive banner. And he was just waving it over the people like this. And I just feel like the Lord is waving this massive banner over you guys right now. This is really huge, bigger than I could lift. And his banner over you is love. His banner over you is love. Love. He loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love. He's not going to change his mind. You guys can sit down if you need to, or you can keep standing. I know the services the last couple of Sundays have been a little longer and whatever, but um, it's not necessarily my goal to make them long. My goal is definitely God's presence and what He's doing in our lives, in our church, in our homes. Please don't put your hand up because your neighbor does, but how many of you can really feel like it's God's presence on you? Hmm. All right, so everybody or almost everybody.? Do do? Come, Holy Spirit. I pray you chip away at the hard places in our hearts chip away where we've put doors or blocks in front of our hearts that even keeps you out self protectors and things let the door of our hearts be opened in Jesus name that you're knocking on and come on in Mm. to our soul Lord our soul come on in yes Jesus Let the real Jesus live in you and you live in him, Jesus. If um, if you need prayer, you want me to lay hands on you and release impartation, um, just come up here to the front, and I'll pray for anyone and everyone who comes up, even if I prayed for you before. If you do have to leave, just try to leave really, really quietly. I know some have appointments and things, and that's okay. But God's doing something. Um, like I said, devil, the devil's not playing games and he works in his supernatural power and we need to work in our supernatural power of the love of God Amen. the real love of God yeah Does <clears throat> so anyone wants prayer you're welcome to come on up